Hi, this is Caitlin. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to Coffee and Valkyries. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Valkyries. I'm Jacob and normally I'd be saying hello to Susie, but she is in France right now to watch the final matches of the World Cup. In her place this week, we have our dear friends from the Portland Thorns podcast, Red Smoke Radio, Caitlin and Tyler. How are you guys doing today? Uh, doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing good. I forgot Susie was in France. That's fun. Yeah. Along with, a good time out there. I'm sure she is. And along with a lot of your friend, your Portland Thorns fans, friends are also there, have been in France for like since the tournament started, right? Yeah, half of Portland is in Lyon right now. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see who turns up for this weekend's game. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, this weekend's match between uh, Rain FC and your Portland Thorns. But first thing is first, we are here to talk about the World Cup semifinal between the United States and England. What did you guys think of the match? I loved it. Oh my goodness. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, I had a great time. Yeah. It was stressful uh, in parts, but I, I think I probably, of all the U.S. matches, I think I probably enjoyed that one the most. Well, it was so open. Like, yeah. how could you not enjoy it? Especially, like, at the start, like, nobody wanted to defend anything. Yeah. It was fantastic entertainment. You really do love to see it. Um, yeah, I think I, I have, I think by pretty much any, like, objective definition of a good soccer game, that one qualifies. Mm-hmm. It's got, it had everything you want. Yeah. It had a... <laughs> a penalty, a penalty miss, a, yes, a sending off. A goal waved off. Yeah. Bad defending. Bad defending. Literally everything yes. happened in this game. Everything. So it's been an adventure, to say the least, when it comes to the United States, particularly how Jill Ellis uh, doles out her starting 11 and what sort of decisions she makes with her substitutions, all that stuff. We've all been talking about it, whether or not she's a good coach or a bad coach or just an extremely lucky coach. Where do you guys stand on – Jill Ellis's performance uh, up to this point in the tournament? Um, I think that she has made, I, I think that there's been times when she has succeeded in spite of herself. <laughs> um, I do think today's lineup was good. Mm -hmm. um, and I know everybody was surprised to see Megan Rapino not starting. Um, and we kind of kind of filtered out that that was maybe because of a, a minor injury that she's picked up. Um, but I mean, Kristen Press had a great game today, and so as as good as Pino has been, even you know injury aside, I don't think that resting her in this game was a bad decision. Um, and that to me really just demonstrated how spoiled for choice the U.S. is. And I mean my biggest takeaway from this tournament has just been that the American team is like so, so deep compared to every other country in the world. And yeah. to me in previous games where Ellis has made some controversial decisions with the lineup that, I mean, it's the depth that has carried the team and, and like players like Megan Rapinoe just having incredible moments have overcome, you know, whatever deficiencies there were in the game plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, I think the game plan really worked today. Um, I, it's hard to know, like, how much you, have, you can attribute this to, like, tactical scheming because I think, like, Phil Neville just blew it. He, like, he went for a 4-4-2 at the start of the game. 
And as a result, like Rose Lavelle was totally unmarked in the space in between the defense and the midfield for like a full 50, 55 minutes. Yeah. Until and like nobody really figured out what to do with it. One of the things that I've been kind of puzzled by is like the persistence of playing Rose Lavelle against like other lineups that have three in midfield. Mm-hmm. And, but like, since there was no other third player marking her in midfield, she she was amazing. <laughs> like it, it just like it happened to work out this time, and like I don't know who to attribute that to, but it worked. Right. Yeah, Rose basically had to get her to to take herself out of the game, which is really weird. And hopefully that it's you know she said she'll be fine for Sunday's final with the hamstring but yeah it is weird that in order for her to be neutralized she literally had to take herself out of the game but yeah that was tough yeah wishing her and her hamstrings the best yeah but um so yeah phil neville blew it i think he if he had spent less time being mad online about hotels you know (laughs) probably formulate a better game plan because one of the things that uh one of our colleagues um said was like phil neville just got out coached by jill ellis yeah, which is weird. He did it. But I look, yes, he did. But I mean, I think that our players played better than theirs, and I also think yeah. that the the extent to which the midfield worked today, I don't think this is Portland bias. Was I mean, Lindsey Horan was back in the lineup, yeah. and, I, and I, I don't think that we can discount that as you know being a significant factor in why things looked like they were working today. Yep. And then, um, <laughs> That's right. Haran back in the midfield. I, it's honestly like she had a great game. Um, that chip up for the second goal up to Morgan. Mm-hmm. Really lovely cross. I mean, what can you say? You know, she does everything. And her being on the bench is always totally baffling. Yeah. 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 Haran's cross to Alex Morgan to set up the second goal. It just seemed to float in the air forever. Mm-hmm. It was yep. really nice. And then, you know, congrats to Alex Morgan to get her uh, to get a goal on her birthday. First uh, player in World Cup history to do that. Then, of course, oh, we, wow. had, we had her um, viral celebration, you know, sipping the tea. Yeah, yeah I love this. Though, if you look at it from certain angles, like uh, a photo of it from certain angles, it kind of looks like she's uh, posed her fingers. It's like she's holding a joint. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> In in real time, I was confused by what was happening, and I did I did have that thought. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, surely no, this is the World Cup. There are children watching. She's not doing that, but that was what it looked like yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in context, in the in like the full context of her apparently like bringing an actual cup of tea to the pregame and like <laughs> sipping it as she's coming off the bus mm-hmm. and after in the press availabilities you know, closing one of her statements with saying, and that's, and that's the, the tea. tea. <laughs> and then going and tweeting it afterwards. She's really, she's got this tea joke and she's really yeah. into it hard. Yeah, she's like, not let it go. clearly we all knew what it was in context. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the celebration could be made a little bit clearer if she had held up an imaginary saucer in her left hand? There you go. Yes. That's what she needed to do. She needed the imaginary saucer. But yeah, yeah no, I, I, I can see the confusion in the minute and like, I don't know. As as Zach Galifianakis, as Zach Galifianakis would say, it's just a very small chapstick. I think. <laughs> <laughs> like. So, with all of, taking into context all the planning that Alex Morgan could put put into this goal celebration, uh, has she moved up into this season for most online player uh, power Ooh. rankings? 
Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That's a question. Ooh, I mean, it's very early. Look, yeah, it's, it's still early. very early. It's early, and to me, it's going to take more than this because she, yeah, today today has been a good day for Alex Morgan online, but she's going to have to show a lot more consistency. She's, yeah. she's going to have to show some more creativity. She's shown that she can do this one joke very well, but yeah. she's going to have to do some other jokes too if she wants to uh, break in break into the, you know, the the ranks with the likes of your Emily Sonnets, your Mitch Purses, your Rose Lavelles. It's mm -hmm. a tough race for most online player this year. We've got a lot of posts this year to sort through. I feel like, you know, some players have been kind of distinguishing themselves. I'm pretty happy with some of the entrants from some of the new Portland players. Gabby Siler is pretty good online. Um, That's going to be a dark horse candidate if you're pushing for a Gabby Siler. It is going to be a dark horse. I Yeah, it's true. But I did, you may have seen her post with regard to Catherine Reynolds hitting, you know, 10,000 minutes in the NWSL saying, that's a lot of minutes. I'm tired <laughs> just looking at this. Um, the thing, the question with Alex Morgan is like, and I, at the risk of being controversial, like she needs to get like, like what's her group in Orlando that's going to like bounce social right, media ideas right. off of We've her. We've seen in the mm -hmm. past having, having a strong a strong supporting cast around you is crucial. Yes, exactly. I mean, Midge Press benefits so much from Kelly Hubley here at right. the Thorns. And who is, I mean, who is her Caitlin Ford? Yeah, who is her Caitlin? <laughs> we don't know. Don't she know. needs, and maybe Emsley can be that player. We don't, you know, I think <laughs> we need some, we need like some clear evidence of yeah. like social media, like bonding in Orlando some to really see synergy, this work. Yeah, say. we do. We do mm. need some synergy. Synergy. Nice. So we're recording on a Tuesday night. There is still one more World Cup semifinal game to go. Um, it'll be tomorrow against Netherlands and Sweden. Do you guys have a pick for that one? Um, I would like the Netherlands to win because I think they're a lot more fun. And I think mm -hmm. that they can win. But I also think that Sweden is the kind of team that can sort of suck the life out of a lot of um, fun things. And <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> not bitter <laughs> and i i don't know i think it could go either way i think i think i probably i give the netherlands like i don't know 60 percent chance but um yeah i think it could go either way okay um i've really gotten impressed with uh, sweden over these past couple games i mean that win against germany was incredible like i had really that win against germany was equally a german meltdown it was an incredible german meltdown i mean we saw this coming not to say that the <laughs> netherlands couldn't also do that but it's true um, I feel like that was coming from Germany. Yeah. Um, easy to say in hindsight, of course. But, you know, I, I had my questions about how good some of these players were in Sweden for a while. Like, Black Stenius, is she still good? Some of their defenders, Aslani is impressive. Can she put it together? Um, I think that they've shown that they're pretty solid. Like, they've answered a lot of questions. They still have outstanding questions, I think, in that team. Mm -hmm. But they're a lot more impressive than I think a lot of people expected them to be so far. And I don't know, like there's no reason that they can't muck up another team's works and, and, you know, steal another quick goal. Like they've shown the, they've shown the capacity to do that. Yeah. I'm with Caitlin. I was, I wanted to be in Netherlands because like Caitlin said, they've been a lot of fun to watch throughout th this tournament, but yeah, Sweden can just uh, suck the life out of anything fun. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did that again, because it's gotten them this far, but yeah. If I had a choice in saying who would I want to go, I'd want it to be Netherlands. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want the, the Sweden-USA final right, for, like, the extreme – you don't want that? 
I think you that'd want, be incredible. You want that. I think it'd be so much I don't fun. Want, I don't want the narratives around that. Oh, you don't? I don't want to, I don't want to be talking about a rematch of the 2016 Olympic quarterfinals. Yeah. Why not? That's I, fun. Narratives are fun. It's dumb. I know it's dumb, but it, all of this stuff is dumb. It, like, <laughs> I, I want the Netherlands in the final because I think they're a fun team, and I think, I think that the U.S. should beat either of those teams, but I think that if the Netherlands were to win that game, I wouldn't be mad at it. I think – okay. I think the Netherlands are frauds. There, I said it. Whoa! <laughs> I think they're kind of frauds. I think that they are pretty good, but I think they've skated by some of their wins. Yeah, but you can say that, okay, you can say that, I just said, you just acknowledged that the German loss was a meltdown by Germany. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. As I said, you can say that about any team on that side of the bracket. Yeah. That whole side, that whole side of the bracket has been weak. Japan could have done something this tournament. Japan didn't do something this tournament. Yeah, they nearly they nearly checked this Netherlands team out. You know what it is. Like they they should have won that game. I think this Netherlands team is is weak. I think that they have issues that have been exposed already in this tournament. And I think that uh, I think that Sweden are gonna do it and I think they're gonna look good doing it too. All right, so we'll be enemies tomorrow, it's okay. <laughs> that's that's normal. <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> Tyler, you said the F word. Um, it's been something uh, Susie and I have been talking about in private over the course of this tournament, and I'm sure you guys have seen it on your end as well. So everybody is talking about the World Cup, but as we've seen this before in 2015 and in uh, previous iterations, all this talk on social media about you know the World Cup, but then it all disappears right after the tournament. Um, are you guys hoping that this is going to be different where people that have been tweeting, you know, standing basically for the U.S. Women's National Team or for certain players on the team, do you think this is going to be the time where they actually ride that into carrying on, you know, giving a damn about the NWSL? Wait, hold on. I, I'll answer the question, but did you, like, what's the F word? <laughs> this Fraud. is bothering me. <laughs> like... Frauds. What? Frauds. Oh, frauds. frauds. Oh, okay. Oh, so like the like the fans. Okay. Yeah. Fake fans. Plastics. Posers. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, you know, people are excited about the US Women's National Team. Like they get promoted in a huge way this tournament. Um, it's you know, I, I think partially it's down to the fans, but like really like I think you and I both know like a lot of this comes down to like the level of marketing that other people are willing to put in to the NWSL as a league. Mm. I'm excited for for people who are are interested. You know, there's there's always like an, an upswelling of interest of some kinds, like how sustainable it is this time. It depends on a lot of things. And I think we really don't know. And the only thing that we can really do is just like keep doing what we do. <laughs> Caitlin, do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I think that's um I think what Tyler said is true. Um and I, I do think that in a in a real sense, the question is not what the fans are going to do, but it's whether, like, U.S. soccer, for instance, decides that it's, like, really going to support the NWSL. Um, and not, not just U.S. soccer, but, you know, there's a question of whether the NWSL is going to get a TV deal. Um, there's a question of, you know, just what whether the media at large is going to start treating the NWSL uh, as a serious sport on, on a more consistent basis. And... Um, I don't, I mean, nobody knows the answers to those things, but, um, I do think that I would say, first of all, that, that I think 
the amount of interest around the tournament as a whole feels bigger to me this time around for whatever mm -hmm. that's worth. Um, and I also, you know, choose to be optimistic about it and say that, no, there's not going to be, you know, the, the level of interest is not going to sustain itself where it's at right now. But I do think that each bump sort of nudges the graph in a positive direction. Um, and, or at least I would hope that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as, as far as the, the fan interest goes, I think that there's a chance of that happening as long as teams and media and uh, sort of the league as a whole, um, you know, do this the right way. <laughs> Your team moved to a new location this year and yeah. has been trying to build out a new fan base. I mean, what does that experience look like on the ground level for you? Um, I think it's been okay. I think um, it could have been a lot better based on the simple fact that they announced the move so late, basically until right. not until January. And so everybody's just been scrambling really to try and figure it out as they go along. And I know, I understand um, season to call this frustration. Well, you know, I've already paid for this money, then you're going to move it to another place that I, you know, may not be able to get out to as frequently as to Memorial Stadium. And I think the team has done it fantastic in terms of, okay, you know, come on out to, the first game, if you don't like it, you know, or if the commute is just too, uh, something you can't do, we'll give you a full refund. Um, so the, the club has been very understanding of the struggles fans from Seattle and north of Seattle uh, have had in terms of coming down to Tacoma. But yeah, I think the simple fact that everything moved so sudden and so late has been this thing where everybody's just trying to catch up. And I think most fans have been understanding of that that this wasn't all you know planned out a lot longer like they would have liked and so I'm just trying to figure it out as best I can and I know that they're hoping that their next home match wasn't isn't until the end of the month that there will be a good turnout based on obviously whatever happens with the World Cup final but also celebrating the other World Cup athletes that Rain FC have with the Australian contingent, the Japanese, uh, with Rumitsugi and Jody Taylor and Celia Jimenez Delgado. But then I think also they're getting a big boost by the fact that they're playing against the Red Stars who have their own, you know, slew of World Cup players. Mm. <laughs> I, I have to imagine that people probably, there will probably be some people that are going to want to see Megan Rapino play in person. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's been a big deal, I think, so yeah, far this tournament. She's had a moment. She's had yeah. a moment. But yeah, and I just hope that it's a case of, yes, some are going to be there to see Megan Rapinoe, but there's also more than just Megan Rapinoe and a bunch of other players. There's yeah. you know, the Australian contingent. There's also the non-World Cup players who have been in, you know, Bev Yanez and Lou Barnes have been here since uh, 2014 for Yanez, Lou Barnes since year one. Right. Um, so I think hopefully as a whole, you know, not just within the confines of Rain FC, but also league wide that, yeah, hopefully as much as there has been an interest in people talking about the World Cup on social media, and, you know, ma major media outlets talking about it a lot more, hopefully for the right reasons in terms of just covering as a sport and not because of the sideshow headlines that are happening outside of the field, but that it's somewhat sustainable that people get more interested in you know going to more than one match at a year and i also think it's 
it has to be beyond just that of like saying, oh yeah, I went to a match after the World Cup or I went to a couple of matches this year. I think one thing that needs to happen, um, maybe not necessarily in Portland because you guys are pretty much living and breathing it, but in other areas where if there's an MLS team, but there's also an NWSL team, whether or not they're affiliate, you know, affiliated together, is that fans need to be talking about the NWSL team as much as they're talking about the MLS team. Just in that, you know, get in that habit of just reading stuff that we're putting out, that others are putting out, listening to interviews, listening to podcasts, things like that, making, making a, uh, a proper effort into at least being, being it something that they talk about on a regular I think goes as goes a long way just as much if not more than just saying oh yeah I went to a match after the World Cup. Yeah and I mean to me this is where what what Tyler said really is is the big thing. Um, So much of this is a marketing thing and it's unfortunately you know the 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 staffs on and interview cell clubs especially the the independent ones are pretty bare bones um, mm-hmm. and the staff at the league office right now is incredibly bare bones um, mm-hmm. and so hey, they got a PR person <laughs> they got a PR person <laughs> one so yeah I I really I don't know as you're talking I'm really thinking that like man I I kind of think the TV deal or the I don't want to say the TV deal because one doesn't exist yet as far as we know but a TV deal might kind of be the biggest thing yeah um, because that was you know not to get too into the nitty gritty of it, but, but when the staff at the league office sort of started to thin out, that was because A&E pulled out. Um, and there was all this money in the media side of the league because of the A&E deal. So if they can get that back, I mean, that obviously after the World Cup, that would be perfect timing. And, mm-hmm. and I really think the marketing, you know, we can't, we can't put this all on fans because fans are fans. People need to be told about this. Yeah people need to be sold this thing like anything else. Fandom is, is for the most part, like something that is co-created between like the viewer and the, the marketing people. Right. Like it's not, it's not something that emerges from nowhere. Right. Do either of you just uh, go channel surfing on your TV and just feel a swath of sadness because there isn't an NWSL uh, game on over the air TV? Because um, <laughs> that's me. I don't have cable, but I would do that if I did. But I do, <laughs> I do every week when I turn on, when I tune into the, the Yahoo Sports streams, I do pine for the for the lifetime broadcasts. Oh man, no kidding. Um, because as as problematic as I think the channel was, I did think the broadcasts were really well done. Oh, the broadcast was incredibly superior to just the. I mean, you know, the Yahoo Sports thing is. It's hard to see. It, yeah, it is what it is. Like the camera production quality is so bad. It's the like commentaries, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Highly variable. It is one thing that has been nice during this World Cup season is hearing Jen Hildreth and Ali Wagner yes. back on the air. Mm-hmm. Yes, our faves. Yeah. Just great. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's yeah. nice to hear them. All we're it's missing nice to hear their sonorous tones again, broadcasted <laughs> over the airwaves. All we're missing from this World Cup is really Dallin Cuff on the sidelines. Right. Yeah, Dallin Cuff, what is Dallin up to these days? Dallin, I think, this is like a tangent. Dallin got a job doing some other thing. I feel like I saw on Twitter. Someone's got to pick him up. We're not going to see him for a while. I got to find out now. He got signed with the ACC network with ESPN. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he was already kind of doing some some stuff for ESPN in in between NWSL seasons. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, 
the easiest thing for him to pick up and just become a full-time thing. Well, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that Dallin is still employed, but we got to get him back for uh, on the sidelines. I want to. I want to hear his tall man back. Yeah, I want to hear his comments about like whatever weird dance that he's doing on wanna, the sideline. I want to hear him speaking Portuguese again. Yeah, I want to see those sunglasses out <laughs> and him sneaking into the background of shots. The Dallin experience was really irreplicable. So, speaking of NWSL, um, uh, we have a big one on Friday. Uh, my Rain FC are taking on your Portland Thorns. Oh, is that happening? Are, is, are, yeah. we, are, are our teams playing? Are That's fun. That? That's fun. Yeah. What do you guys think of um, the match going into it? Because it's a case of uh, top of the table versus the third ranked team. Yeah. To me, this is a weird one to try to preview just because I don't know. You, you probably know better than I do who will be available for Seattle, but even for Portland, I'm not totally sure who's going to play. I'm not sure. And this is like, I haven't been to training this week, so this might just be my ignorance because of that. But I don't know if Sinky is going to be there. Um, I would assume, I would think probably Ellie Carpenter starts because she got some minutes in the last game. Um, the other two Australians, I don't know. I, you would hope that all three of those players will be in the mix, but I don't know what kind of shape they're in after the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I would assume Andresinia starts again. But again, like pending Christine Sinclair's status. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one to try to kind of guess what's going to happen. Yeah, I feel like they're going to probably give Sinclair a little time off to do like to, right, to if chill. If she wants it. Yeah, if she wants it. She might not want it. She might not want it. Um, I mean, that was the thing with Andresinia. Like the club right. was like, hey, you can take a, a few days if you and want. She, she was like, like, no. Yeah, I'm I coming. Hated, I hated that. I need to come back. <laughs> I need to work that out of my system. Was, I mean, we saw that Sam Kerr and Martha they did um which i don't know if that was well advised but um i think some i think there's a there's a some players are going to want to take some time off and like refresh others are going to want to really wash that bad taste out of their mouths and like get some wins with their club teams definitely yeah it's interesting jacob who do you think uh you have steph catley back you have Sugi back oh do you think uh at least cal nidus is back in the team um, well, if I'm going by social media uh, postings, I don't think Elise Kalanet's going to be able to make it out for uh, the game because I think she's still in Lyon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah. she's having a good time out there. That's good, yeah, good unless, for her. Unless I'm just like really behind on catching up on people's Instagram stories. But yeah, I think, um, I don't know if she's going to be available. I know at least uh, Steph Catley and Lily Williams are back in town. Celia Jimenez Agado is back in town. Rumi Utsugi, maybe. She's not on social media. If she is, she has some mysterious account that nobody's been able to discover. But um, I think I really don't know if they're going to, if any or all are going to be available uh, for Friday's match, just based on I know the team wants to give them as much time off as they want from, you know, the World Cup hangover, obviously, for some, in the case of Australia, an early exit. So you can just imagine how much of um, time they need uh, to just recharge everything, not only physically, but mentally. Um, Yeah, it's, it's kind of, I really don't know. um, It's like, you would like, I hope that they're available because it could be out of necessity because have you seen how many people (laughs) are injured for Rain FC? Yeah. It's rough. And I, and I was, I mean, the, the, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, 
to me, as an outside observer, this team looks totally different with and without Jess Fishlock on the field. And I know mm-hmm. that she had an injury. That was this weekend, right? Or was yeah, it last, last Friday. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you know what her status is, but. No, don't know. I've asked the team for uh, some info. They haven't given anything. I feel like they're not going to uh, divulge anything until that league injury report comes out on Thursday when they have to disclose it. Right. But I mean, if you saw it, if you saw what happened last Friday, it didn't look good. No, yeah. it looked bad. She had yeah, to get it switched bad. off. It looked bad. So I think it's just, I think Reina C fans are pretty much prepared for the worst. We're just waiting for, you know, official word as to what it is. But I mean, I yeah, don't think she'll be available for selection for Friday. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting as to how many, if Reina C are able to suit up, um, 11 to 18 bodies to play uh, right. the game but somehow some way they're managing to figure it out to field a team that is cohesive and is getting results like yeah. I think with all of the injuries up to this point if Rain FC managed to secure a playoff spot I don't see how Vlatko is not front runner for coach of the year okay so you the rain conceded three goals on the second week of the season to yeah. the Red Stars. Yeah. And then since then, I think they've conceded like four goals in total. Yeah. Like, what, like, how has this team put it together so consistently over the past weeks since then? You know, they've looked like, I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that they're the best defensive team in the league no. right now. Um, I think it's just the chemistry that Megan Oyster and Lauren Barnes have together. And then you also put in Teresa Nielsen, who's been a mainstay at right back for them. Those three are, me- are making it so much easy for goalkeeper Casey Murphy just basically gel with the team as if like she's been playing for the team for three years. Casey Murphy also has been a highlight for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome to have her in the NWSL and she's, I think, had a great, a great season. Yeah. It's like, it's, I can't say that she's been a revelation because she played in France, you know. Right, she, right. She, she, she did pretty well over there getting a couple accolades. So it's not like she's, she came into this league being chopped liver. But obviously for a lot of Reign FC fans, they didn't know who she was. Yeah. So I don't get the French league on my, t- on my cable package. Yeah. <laughs> me, me either. I, I, like prior to, you know, her signing, I would just like maybe watch a couple random highlights of whatever was going on in the French league. But yeah, it's clear that uh, she can definitely hang in this league. And the time in France uh, did wonders for her. Yeah, Nielsen, I've been impressed. Like, at the start of the season, I was like, oh, man, is Nielsen done? Like, she looks, like, not up to speed. And now she looks amazing again. Like, what's, what's up with her? Like, how, how is she good again all of a sudden? I think just uh, getting back into the groove, shaking off whatever weird off-season rust um, some, of, some of these players have, and then just getting familiar, you know, the, com- the comfort of playing in a system that – um, you know, Vlaco is clearly instilled on everybody, and we know that he's uh, really uh, focuses on on the defensive side of the ball. So, if you wonder, like, how is it that the Rain have been able to put up such a strong defensive effort? It's all credit to Vlaco because we know how much he uh, preaches on about working on defense. I think uh, I think there's a former Thorns player in your lineup these days. Oh yeah, yeah. I should talk a little bit about uh, Ifyoma Anamano, I think. Yeah. She's, she's um, had herself quite a couple of games, hasn't she? Yeah, she, she has. has. And um, it sounds cliche to say it, but I think it's just that change of scenery worked out well for her. Yeah. I yeah. mean, 
I don't know if uh, she's kind of been playing with a chip on her shoulder of like, okay, if they release me, I'm just going to show the world what I can do. And if it's, if that is the case for her, then it's, you know, great for us because yeah. she's been uh, becoming an offensive weapon for us in the absence of Megan Rapinoe and Jody Taylor as, um, as a second revelation, just like Bethany Balser. Yeah, I, I think that you probably are on to something as far as the chip on the shoulder. And it's, I mean, it's always hard for a player to get cut, obviously, but I do think that sometimes it can kind of be a kick in the pants and um, it's sort of an attitude shift maybe. And yeah, I mean, she's, she's played better for you guys than I ever saw her play in Portland. So that's, yeah, it's good to see and good, good for you guys and for her both. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's another case of Vlaco takes a player that maybe you don't know anything about or you thought, why would he take that player? And then somehow uh, unlocks the magic to get them to play up to their potential. And, you know, Rain FC at least are benefiting that in this case. And, you know, just imagine where this team would be if they didn't have, like, Onomanu or Balser, or Balser in the lineup. Right. Yeah, Balser, man. She's been fun to watch. Yeah. So she's got a she's got a lot of that kind of natural like s- sense for scoring ability like you mm-hmm. like like you can tell she's she's still pretty raw but like the her ability to like get into good positions and you know make things happen in front of goal it's been cool it's been cool to see somebody undrafted do that yeah Blanco said uh, in the case of Balser she has the skills it's just a matter of instilling more confidence in her to you know show them out and you saw it last week at Utah where she almost got the third goal for Rain FC by with a distance shot from about 20 at least 25 yards out <laughs> yeah yeah so do you guys want to make a prediction for this match oh man um well we haven't really talked about the thorns yet and I feel oh, like yeah. the thorns team is doing pretty well so yeah. I don't know I mean um you know, I've been I've been here keeping an eye on these thorns this whole time, and uh, I'm impressed with like all these all these players coming into the team and performing. And you know, I mean, I don't know who's again. We don't know who's going to be playing in the team, but um, I mean, how could you not enjoy you know the the Simone Charlie Midge Purse experience up mm-hmm. top? It's the summer of Midge and Simone. Yeah, yes. it's, it's, <laughs> it's been really fun to watch yeah. here. Midge um, in particular. Yeah, the, you know, the other question for the Thorns beyond beyond which, especially of the Australians, are able to start is who gets cut from this team that's been yeah. playing through the World Cup. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know who you bench at this point. Um, Depends because, on- I mean, I, I think Caitlin Ford objectively is an upgrade over, over either Simone Charlie or Midge Birds as much as I love both of those players. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's just a hard decision because they've they've all of those players have worked so hard. They've been good. They've gotten results. This this Thorns team, don't forget, is top of the table. Yeah. Despite having lost nine players. That's so yeah. wild. Everybody said going into this season that Thorns yeah. were gonna have a slump in the World Cup. Yeah, we were saying that. We were saying that. <laughs> Everybody's having flashbacks to twenty fifteen yeah. when the when the Thorns didn't make the playoffs because of the World Cup. And it's been they haven't lost a single game in the lost, World Cup period. Lost a game. That group of players has brought them to the top of the table. It's wild. Yeah. It's so it's fascinating. Like uh, the the whole like the it's kind of started, I think, with like a reformulation of the defensive ethos of the team and you know, playing more players in the back line. At some point, like 
I know that Parsons wants to switch out of that and, you know, play more open games. I don't know if that's going to happen this week. I, you know, it could. Right. I guess we're going to have to see. It depends on the personnel that's available, I think. Definitely. Um, I don't see how you how you take Midge Pris out of this team if she's still healthy, though. Like, the season that she's yeah. been having. I think I think I would not mind seeing a, a Midge Purse, Caitlin Ford front line. Yeah, yeah. Um, That'd be fun. The, the other thing about this team is I do think that these players, these younger or less experienced players, like, you could say you can say whatever you want about the tactics. I think they've been playing a very simple game. Mm. And it's been working for them because these players like really want to win. Yeah. And I think you've seen it's like a cliche. It's a it's a corny like high level thing to say, whatever. But I, I mean, I think it's real. I think when I think in that first game against Chicago in the home opener, you saw that these players like really wanted to show yeah. that they could do this and they could you know get results for their team. Oh man, Mitch Pris was so pissed in that game where she didn't score. The only game where she didn't yeah. score in this period. <laughs> At home to Utah. She's supposed to score. Yeah, exactly. She was like furious and like like we were trying to talk to her after the game. She was just like <laughs> she was like she was not enjoying that experience. So like you can tell they're motivated, definitely. Yeah. It's it's great. Like Gabby Seiler coming into this team playing like all over the place yeah, and looking good. Amazing. Regardless of where she's been playing. Elizabeth Ball has had a really strong season, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, all these players, it's it's great. Like, they're motivated. They want to show what they're, they're capable of doing. Yeah. And they're doing and, it. And I think, unfortunately, for the rain, much like the the Red Stars were subject to, I some of these players are going to be very glad to be coming back home for the Thorns. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think, that, I think there's an energy boost that can't be overlooked there. But on the flip side, we've also seen a lot of rain FC players in the past sort of thrive under that kind of uh, the Providence Park atmosphere. So mm-hmm. I can't yeah. go both ways. Um, I don't, man, I hate making predictions. Huh. I'm going to say three, two thorns. Hey. I mean, yeah, that sounds good. Three, two thorns. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> You're just going to agree? I mean, I guess I'll I guess I'll say two one thorns. Like yeah. I don't know, I don't know what you want from me. Like I I don't think that the the um, the rain are gonna get that torn up. I think they probably won't concede many goals. One one is like equally possible for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. It depends. It depends on a lot of different things. Yeah. Who do you think? Like, for you, Jacob, where is a goal gonna come from in this team with Fishlock potentially out? Who's who's the creative player you're looking to right now? Um, well, if Fishlock is out, and I think she will be, I think you just move um, Beviana back up top as to be like that attacking midfielder and just kind of kind of set up the table. I know that she's thrived a lot this season as being more defensive-minded midfielder. She's been winning a lot of double-digit tackles over the past couple of weeks. But I think just out of necessity uh, with all the injuries and who knows really how many of the World Cup players are going to be available for selection. I think you just have to uh, put Yenas up top there. Um, I think I could see Onomano actually getting a goal for Rain FC just as part of her getting revenge world tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, very motivating, yeah, of course. Um, um, it was amazing to see how much Mallory Weber wanted to score yeah. when uh, Utah were playing here. <laughs> She yeah. wanted that a lot. Yeah. But I think um, 
as much as I would like to say a draw just to give uh, Rain FC some hope, I think this one is going to be a, a Portland Thorns victory for you guys. Well, you got to give a score prediction since we yeah, humiliated ourselves by doing it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm gonna go two one Portland. Okay. Well, there, there you have it, folks. <laughs> That's the score prediction. Looking at the rest of the league uh, this weekend for action, uh, you guys don't have to make score predictions for this one. You can just do a simple win or draw for, um, for these next ones. Right. You have North Carolina Courage hosting Houston Dash. Oh, North Carolina. North Carolina. No question. I'm going with North Carolina as well. Did you see how Houston played against Portland? <laughs> yeah, we even, talk, we even talk about that. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> My God, something's, something's rotten in the state of Texas down there. Orlando Pride hosting Washington Spirit. Oh, Spirit. It should be the Spirit. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> You can't be about to say what you're about to say. I think it's going to be a draw. <laughs> oh, my God. I think they're going to draw. Why? I think this Washington Spirit team has been outperforming their their uh, expected goals and expected yeah, defensive I record. I think you're right, and I think you need to consider how the Orlando Pride have looked. Yeah, they've looked terrible. I agree <laughs> with that. They have looked really bad. Um, but they have shown the capacity to score goals. Yeah. Jacob? You know what? I'm going to go with a draw on that one. Ooh. Um, right. I right. probably shouldn't, but I kind of feel like what Marta said after their match against Chicago Red Stars feels like it could be one of those weird uh, sports cliches of just rallying the troops and somehow they come out of that galvanized and get a draw at least. That press conference was incredible. It definitely felt like Marta was the, the actual coach of that team yeah. watching those press conferences, like the, the things that she was talking about. She should be a coach of the team. <laughs> and then last up for the weekend, you have Chicago Red Stars hosting Sky Blue FC. Uh, Chicago. You got to go with Chicago, but they need to figure out, you know, what's Chicago, going on. Chicago has got some issues that they need to work out, but Sky Blue just fired their head coach. Yeah, they're going to be a mess. <laughs> just lost Savannah McCaskill to Chicago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's an easy one for me. Yeah, Chicago for me as well. Here's the thing that you guys are looking most forward to. Uh, the set of tough questions that Susie and I have been asking every Rain FC player this season. Now it's your turn to answer those same questions. Bring it. Let's go. I'm ready. All right. So it's match day, and you guys are in charge of the playlist to get the Portland Thorns hyped up. <laughs> what three songs are you putting on that playlist? Three songs. That's a lot of yeah. songs. Can we do three between the two of us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I think you have to I think you have to put some Cardi B on the playlist. <laughs> uh they used to play that in Memorial. Um but the question is which one? Hmm. I like it is is kind of I'm kind of sick of that one. That one's been on the radio way too long. Um what was her previous hit before that? I don't remember. <laughs> you know the one. It's where she talks about the red bottoms. Oh, um, the frickin', um, I know the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? I'm not, I'm not doing Just... this here. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hang on, I have the internet. You can't, you can't tempt me into this. <laughs> oh, 
Bodeck Yellow, obviously. Yeah, 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 I would put that one on there. Tyler, you, you, you're up. Oh, okay, gosh. Um, a pump-up song. Um, man. Do you have any others? Yes. <laughs> I'm you, terrible at this. Are you stalling or you have nothing? I am terrible at, at this uh, this type of thing. Um, okay, I'll put one that would pump me up. I don't know if it would be popular in the locker room, but uh. I, it, man, the thing that I have like a Pavlovian reaction to is any Rage Against the Machine song. <laughs> so I would put uh, Gorilla Radio on there. That's in an incredible shout. I would put Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine on there. Um, I love and, it. And... Good old rage. Yeah. Classic. Um, we need another, like, let's see. We should try to do a different genre, I think. Yeah. Um, Tyler, you, Tyler you, should, you should put in the last song. Yeah, this has got to be you. Oh, fine. I have to choose? Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's a popular song at, uh, at Providence Park because of uh, some conversations that I have with um, – with uh, the staff there, but uh, Buffalo Stance by Nene Cherry. Oh, hell yeah, that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> you gotta throw that on before games. Yeah. It's just a dope song, yeah. like, about, you know, being a, a tough group of gals. Being and, in your Buffalo Stance. And being in your stance. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song to pump you up for anything, really. Yeah. As you will know if you, uh, if you come to uh, karaoke nights with me. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> If a, if a movie was going to be made about your life, who would you want to play you? Uh, Julia Stiles. Wow. Because <laughs> she kind of looks like me. That was so quick. I had it in, I had it in the bag. You got it locked and loaded. Like yeah. yeah. I mean, it would have to be Keanu Reeves for me. <laughs> <laughs> How could it not That's be perfect. Keanu Reeves? That's perfect. That's the, it's the dream scenario, yeah. really. Okay. Um, so he kind of looks like me. <laughs> he does. He, he kind of looks a little bit like you. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> John, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> John Wick Four, starring Tyler. Book it. Hey, that's right. I'm All ready. Right. I'm ready to be a stunt double at this moment. So this question has gotten some really passionate responses by Rain FC players. Where do each of you stand on pineapple on pizza? Pro. I like it. Really? You're yes. pro. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't eat Hawaiian pizza because I don't eat meat. But mm. I yeah, I like pineapple in a lot of savory applications. Have you ever had just like a pineapple pizza with no like just just pineapple on a pizza? Just pineapple because I don't think that's a thing. But I'm sure I've, I know I've had like other combinations of what would be a good combination for you? Um, like pineapple and garlic? Oh, I don't know about that. What's a good like neutral <laughs> pineapple like, and mushrooms? Like sort of salty, more savory. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe just pineapple and cheese. Uh, no, there okay. you go. Well, you should experiment no, with that ham, is, ham is such a hard flavor to replicate. It's yeah, for vegetarian. sure. I have a tough time with pineapple. I like am partially allergic to it. It's very annoying to me because I find it really delicious. Mm. Um, although I will say I never enjoyed it on pizza. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not my favorite topping. Uh, even if I if I could have it, I would pref I prefer the purity of the pineapple. <laughs> um, I'm a you know. Sounds like you're anti. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Okay. I'm a big pesto guy. Got it. Everything, by the way, everything is a pesto. If you mash up <laughs> green stuff and like put That's it in true. a mixture, 
It doesn't matter what goes in it. No, that, that's not entirely true. <laughs> the, what is true is that you can, I don't, A, I don't know where this came from. I just B, feel strongly about this. No, you have to have a, a hard salty cheese in there. You have to have a nut of some kind. Okay. Not olive oil. But the, you can put literally anything green. But you can put green. anything green. Yeah. That, that part is true. It, does, it do, doesn't necessarily have to be edible, but it will be a pesto. <laughs> Like, like, it might not be good, it might kill you, but it will still be a pesto as long as you mash up something green with those ingredients. I feel very strongly about this. Like, conceptually, the category of pesto encompasses a, a much broader set of, of uh, phenomena that I think people generally give it credit for. <laughs> okay, last question, and this is one that I, Susan and I came up uh, really just for you guys. Oh, I feel very special. Each of you can keep one Portland Thorns player for life, but everyone else got to go. Who do you keep? Like, like for for me personally, or for the on Thorns? Your, like on your team? Yeah, okay. on your team for you know for for the rest of their playing career. Okay, not it's easy, Lindsey Hearn. Hey, there you go. It's not just just follow me around. <laughs> at all times. No, they don't. Be, they don't get to become your best friend. Because <laughs> if, if that were the case, then I would choose Emily Sonnet. Yeah, that's a different. That's a different choice. That's a very different question. No, right. I would. I would have to go with Tobin Heath, I think, for me. Okay, so Tobin Heath for Tyler, Lindsay Rand for Caitlin. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty much it for the hard-hitting questions. Um, the rest of this uh, segment before we close this episode is really for you guys to say whatever you want. Plug anything that uh, you guys have been working on or, yeah, just say what's on your mind. Say hi I to anybody. Like to ask you if you are pro or anti pineapple on pizza oh yeah i'm pro you're pro all right yeah okay. and i have uh it's not like by choice or by design just in the case of like the slice ran out of canadian bacon or whatever where i have just had a slice of just pineapple just that's just on a pineapple. slice of pizza yeah yeah but yeah i'm um, pro we do a segment on this podcast uh yeah. the red smoke radio podcast yeah. mm-hmm what did you say we could do this yeah uh called the don't watch nine hours of soccer a day it's been tough recently i've definitely been watching i've definitely had multiple you've been been doing just that nine hour soccer days like in the past month there's been a lot of soccer but i still try and carve out time for other things yeah so um are you what are you doing other than soccer right now we we have to give our recommendations to give them time to think okay yeah yeah fair enough so we what we do is we just give a recommendation of a thing a book a movie a tv show uh, mm-hmm. food whatever something other unrelated to soccer that we've been enjoying yeah. yeah um i when i was in france i picked up a copy of the gunslinger by stephen king Ooh. and i have never read a stephen king book before i'm really enjoying it and he um it's me it's not like a summer read i do think it would be better if it was like november um but I, the thing I'm surprised by that I never knew about Stephen King, which is just my own ignorance, is that he's an incredible writer in terms of, like, his prose. Like, his, the, like, words themselves are, like, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, like, when I picked up the book in the bookstore and I read the, the first page, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know. Um, so that's the thing I've been doing. Tyler? So, um, Neon Genesis Evangelion is oh, back on hell Netflix. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> It got it got uploaded to Netflix. Now everybody's experiencing it for the first. I'm very I'm so happy for the people who are experiencing it for the first time. Like I mm-hmm. can't imagine what 
like to put myself back in that frame of mind, I like checked this series out from the library <laughs> when I was like 17 and I sat down and watched through it all and like it blew my mind as a child. But like because because it got put on Netflix, everybody's thinking about it, everybody's talking about it. And I, I don't know. Have you seen Evangelion? I have not. Okay. I mean, definitely like if you're even if you're like not an anime I guy. I think you have to have like a some kind of base level curiosity about anime. Yeah, maybe. Just because it is specifically it's a giant robot anime. It's but it's so much the, more than that. The anime you know? I would suggest to somebody if they haven't ever watched anime is Yuri on Ice. Well. But Yuri on Ice is fantastic. No, Evangel Evangelion is amazing. I've yeah. been I've been really enjoying it too. Have you seen it before? Since? I had I had seen bits and pieces of it when I was a kid, and I like didn't. I think I was too young. I was like yeah. thirteen, and I just like didn't appreciate it. You, there's no way you would get it. Yeah, at thirteen, I didn't get it. zero chance you would understand what's going it's on. It's really good. It's just fantastic. Like, there's so much in it that has influenced like a lot of things since then. Um, it's just like it really kind of sets out to like seek and destroy like every single like stereotype about like how to put together a big robot series. Right, the big robot genre. <laughs> right, yeah. I really feel like, and this might be a hot take, but I really feel like the ethos of like the Game of Thrones is like, like you can see a lot of the elements of that in there, like in the terms of like specifically hunting down tropes and like trying to, trying to ruin them. Like, hmm. um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wait for your column on this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the world needs more Evangelion content right now, but I'm happy to provide it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's so many interesting things about it, but like just the way that all, like all the different characters are so compelling in it, even like kind of minor characters, is still like one of the most fascinating things. Like it, it's weird. Like this, like the like the the side quote unquote characters are such are like so incredibly developed as people like you really kind of you, you really understand where they're coming from the show almost like i feel like wants you to root for the wrong people sometimes but the it sets you up with in a position to appreciate everyone else there as well this is not gonna make any sense if you haven't seen it so <laughs> just go and experience it please <laughs> everybody jacob what have you been up to so things that i've been doing that don't revolve around watching soccer throughout the day. Um, well, one of my fallback options for those that don't know, which if you follow me on Twitter, you kind of would know anyways, because I do tweet about it here and there, is I just watch pro wrestling. Um, I have uh, access, you know, I have a subscription to the WWE Network. And as much as I watch like the pay-per-views just to keep up with what's going on with the current storylines, I'll just throw on some random show from like the mid nineties, just for the nostalgia factor. It's also something just to keep on in the background while I'm doing something else sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my fallbacks. The other fallback is trying to play some video games on my backlog of a PS4 game that I haven't played in forever. Like I, re I recently just restarted uh, playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, nice. Um, even I know it's like not good, but I've just, I bought it like I want to finish it just so I can yeah, say that I sure. finished it. Yeah. And then is that still bad by the way? Is has it aged any better or is it is it still uh, bad? I don't know because I kind of my ex I've been able to temper my expectations based on just the reviews and like all just reading there's a great article I think on Kotaku about 
just how the development hell um, they tried to create that game and tried to live up to the legacy of the first, uh, the original trilogy that, you know, gave it such highest expectations and everything. And so I, I, I'm just kind of playing through it just to really finish it for the sake of finishing it. Um, but the other thing is I'm trying to get into more habit of reading books and just finishing up books. I've finished, the last book I finished was actually a book that was basically the oral history of the TV show, The Wire. Oh, sweet. That's interesting. So Jonathan Abrams basically spent who knows how much time. He basically interviewed everybody involved from the show, from creator David Simon to all the writers, producers, directors, and basically all the main actors and actresses that helped create one of the best TV shows ever. And so anybody that's watched The Wire and enjoyed it, I can't recommend enough to check out the book because it's basically an oral history of how that show created, uh, started from the ground up, the the roadblocks uh, every season got, they basically said after every season finale, they were canceled by HBO. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And then um, before that, the other two books that I'd finished were um, the series called The Lady Astronaut Novels. So it's it's written by Mary Robinette Kowal. And it's basically an alternate history where a meteor that's similar to the meteor that killed the dinosaurs uh, whites out Washington, D.C. in the 1950s, shortly after World War II. And it basically accelerates everybody into space exploration. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's a nice mix of alternate history with um, elements of what uh, made hidden figures so well-received by everybody, if you saw or saw the movie or read the book or did both. Yeah. yeah. So those have been fun. But um, mostly my fallbacks right now, or has been, for a long time is really just watching old wrestling or playing video games. Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Ooh, that's always a tough question. Have to pick uh, one. Yeah, have to pick one. Yeah. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. All right. Nice. Classic. Because <laughs> the dude was so that. crazy and yeah. just yeah. were drawn into it. Was, I'm very pleased by he was bone saw in Spider Man. Come on. <laughs> I should not know that. Um I'm pleased that we've managed to get through this without talking at all about the NBA, just because I talked about that way too much on this podcast. <laughs> well, you just I mean, did. You just said the, the letters NBA. Oh, I know. I know what I've done. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say repeat what I tweeted to you a couple of days ago, Tyler, but there is something yeah. that I think you really should write about that I would gladly read about. Well, the involves... problem is this signed Mr. Whiteside of the Killers fame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's exciting news for everybody. We have to stop. And it now. Quick, before I make some more killers jokes. All right. Well, Caitlin, Tyler, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me about soccer and other things, including pesto. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. You guys have a good one. Thanks. thanks.